You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Ezra chapter 3, 11. We are in a series called Route 66. There's 66 books of the Bible. And uh, I'm trying to touch three or four mile posts every week. As we go through the Bible, looking at the most important verse in each book. The most important verse in Ezra is chapter 3, verse 11. And it says, And they sang together by chorus in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because He is good. That's a good enough reason to praise God, because He is good. And what that means is, if He's good, that means He only does good. If you say, There's a, this guy's a real good guy, but he robs banks. You don't call that guy a real good guy because he doesn't do good. This good God only does good. He does not cause hurricanes. He does not cause earthquakes and, and, and sickness and disease and divorce and all that stuff. He does not cause calamity. Or you can't call him good. You have to call him evil. People who do evil are called evil. People who do good are called... So God is good and only does good. For His mercy endures forever, forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Father, I thank you for this word today. I thank you for your people here. I ask that you give the the anointing a free flow here in this place for them to hear and me to speak and that the lives that are in desperate need here today will be changed and helped. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did you hear what, what these people did? It says, and they, they sang together by chorus. That means in, in unison, like they were supposed to. Praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because He is good, for His mercy endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout. That sounds like y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Singing and praising and shouting. Singing and praising and shouting. That does not sound like most church services. This sounds like a Pentecostal charismatic spirit filled church service. That's what this sounds like. I've been to those churches where they don't, they don't praise and shout and sing. They kind of sing. Kind of. They don't sing like Parrish and Casey. Sounds like a spirit filled church service. So I'm going to tell you what we need to learn today from this passage of scripture. For us, for, for us in 2016... This is your time to worship. This is your time to worship. That was their day. And why did they worship? Listen listen to me. Frank came this morning, our resident prophet here. We have a resident prophet in this house, for those of you who are new. And he often has his finger on the pulse of what's going on in this service. And he speaks it to me oftentimes. And it so confirms the word to me. I sometimes will just have him come and give it, but today it confirmed the word, so I want to work it into my message. He said, I, he said I'm a worrier by nature. He said, I feel like today there are many people here who are worrying about things they cannot control. 
And he said, but I feel like today is a day of deliverance for these people who are worrying. Who, who, who am I talking to here? Let me see the warriors. This is a day of deliverance for you. Yes. Day of deliverance for you. Your worry can end here today if you'll yes. hear this message. Because I'm talking to you first of all about worship and why we worship. Listen to me. If you look in an American dictionary, I looked in the American dictionary uh, a few months back and I found something awesome. I found the word worse. Have any of you ever had anything get worse? Have you ever had anything get bad? Then it got worse? How many of you had that worse go all the way to worst? I've had worse go to worst. I think it just can't get any worse. It's yeah. the worst it can be. In that American Dictionary, there's, there's just two, one word between worse and worst. It's the word worship. Yeah. Wow. Things are bad and they get worse. Stop off at worship, but they won't get worse. Right. Stop off at worship. Amen. Worship is your way out of the deliverance. Amen. That was worth coming to church for, wasn't it? They were singing, praising, and shouting. That's what worship is. Worship is, involves shouting, involves praising, and it involves singing as well. But it's not just singing. It's singing so that your heart gets opened up to say what's really in your heart to God. Amen. Amen. What was the reason? For the foundation had been laid. The foundation of the temple had been laid. They were excited about the foundation being laid. They didn't have the temple yet, but the foundation was laid. And they knew if they had a foundation, the temple was soon to follow. Yes. If you get the foundation laid, the temple is coming. Right. Amen. Right. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Your foundation has been laid. And if all you ever have to worship for is Jesus for the rest of your life, that's, that's enough reason to worship Him for all your lifetime. Because He took away your sins forever, brought you to the family of God forever, not part-time, not for a little while, but forever. Amen. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Glory to God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm already perfect. Amen. Don't ask Miss Ann about that. I'm telling you what God said. She may have another opinion, but God has an opinion that I'm perfect. If you're in Christ, you are perfect inside in the inner man. And worship is that, that, that way you work your inner, inner deliverance out. You work that inner thing out. You know, you might be healed and in, you might be made new in the spirit, but need healing in your body. There's a way to get it. You get words of worship and praise in your mouth and thank Him. Yes. Thank Him that, for Jesus. Thank Him for Jesus that He made Jesus Lord over sickness in your life. Yes. I'm coming out of a sickness myself. And you can tell, you, you're watching me every Sunday get stronger and stronger as I walk out of this sickness, not using one, one medicine. God is healing me every day. Glory to God. Amen. The story goes of a woman who robbed a bank in Oregon. It's a true story. She went in and handed the bank teller a, a, a note saying, I have a gun, give me your money. 
the bank teller gave her the money. She walked outside, outside the bank, and alarms went off. She threw the money in the air and sat down on a bench in front of the bank, waited on the cops to come. Cops came, people coming by. She said, get you some money. It's free today. Cops came, come to find out all she wanted to do was go back to prison. She could not adjust to the outside world. There's, there's something about Christians that they can get comfortable in their bondage. And rather than fight their way out, rather than have the deliverance, they'd rather get, find a way to cope with their bondage. The story goes of an old circus bear that had been tormented for years, had him in a cage. And they, that poor old bear had been so tormented all his life, kids poking sticks at him and stuff and shooting him with BB guns and just harassing the poor old bear, being so abused. He kind of lost his mind. And he'd pace three steps forward and three steps back in that cage. Three steps forward, three steps back. Three steps forward, three steps back. That became his whole life. For years, this poor old bear was incarcerated like that. Somebody found him one day, some benevolent soul, and bought the bear and took him out into the wild to release him opened the cage and turned him out. He walked out a little bit, looked around at his new surroundings, and put down his head and walked three steps forward and three steps back. Three steps forward and three steps back. They had to put him back in the cage and take him back into captivity because they knew he'd die out there. He had so accustomed and so adapted to bondage, he didn't know how to get out. Thanksgiving in worship and praise takes you out of the realm where you feel the most bound and lifts you into the realm of freedom. Amen. You have a right to be free and your, your quickest door to freedom is through praise and worship. I want to challenge you when you, why don't we just lift our hands right now and just worship God just right now. Think about some bondage that you've been wrapped up in and worship your way out of it today. Amen. Use your faith. Thank you for, for delivering you. Praise God. Hallelujah. You are free from bondage. Thank you, Lord, for making us free. Freedom in worship is our way out of bondage. It's our time to worship. Psalm 24, 7 says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Amen. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. They say that this is probably the song that Jesus sang as he paraded the devil across the heavens in the apect duo my and the three ambule. This is probably his song. As he's, going, as he's approaching glory, with his saints that he's brought back from the dead. He's approaching glory. He, lifts, he says to the gates of heaven, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Did you get anything out of that? Amen. Yes, amen. amen. Nehemiah chapter 8, milepost 16. Nehemiah chapter 8. 
We're going to read two verses, but 10 is the one we're looking for. Nehemiah 8 and 10. Uh, we want to read verse 9 before we get to 10. Most important verse in Nehemiah is verse 10. And Nehemiah, I'm reading verse 9 though. And Nehemiah, which is the Tershatha, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, <coughs> This day is holy unto the Lord your God, mourn not nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them, for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now listen to me. I was raised in a, in a kind of church that felt like the holiest thing that could happen is everybody weeping in the floor. Yeah. Did you ever attend that church? You know what I'm talking about? And it wasn't holy until we were all broken in the floor gathered around the altars weeping our way to God. Yeah. Weeping, 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 weeping. That was the whole thing. It was, it was not that there was anything wrong with it per se, but it wasn't necessarily holy. He said, don't weep because this day is holy. Did y'all know this was in the Bible? He said, rejoice and eat. On a holy day, you rejoice. You don't weep. Amen. Amen. This is not only your day to worship. This is your day to be joyful. This is your day to rejoice. Because that foundation was laid in Jesus Christ, you can rejoice because sin is not long, no longer an issue between you and God. Sin is no longer an issue between you and God. He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God, who knew no righteousness, by the way, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Weep not, neither mourn. Stop your crying. They wept because they felt like they were losing their history. This new wall didn't look like the old wall. And they wept, mourned. One of the things that, that helps, that, that causes people to not go forward in life is regret. Always looking back, always thinking about what it was, once was like. And how little you did to change anything. At some point in your life, you have to make up your mind, I'm going to be like Paul. Forgetting those things which are behind and looking forward, pressing forward to the prize that is before me, I press toward the mark. Sometimes you got to just forget what's behind you and turn your face to the wind and go. Amen. He said, go, into, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be ye sorry. Stop sorrowing on the holy day, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You find strength in joy. I want you to take your Bible, and if you will put it up on the board for me, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Looks like a, a bad uh, a culprit got away almost there, the deputy chasing that little girl. She's under arrest. 
2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. I want to read a little bit for you. Moreover, brethren, we do you to it. We want you to know of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, the churches of Macedonia, Corinth is in Achaia, which is southern Greece, and Macedonia was northern Greece, and that's Philippi and Thessalonica. Okay, those are the two principal churches. He says, how that in a great trial of affliction, look at this, in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. He goes on to say that they gave a great big offering to him. Out of what? Deep poverty, a great trial of affliction. Here's the equation. A great trial of affliction being persecuted plus deep poverty plus great joy. Now, I don't know how you see poverty and affliction, but I see failure coming. Yeah. I see no money coming in that deal. But they had, a, they had a supernatural element. They mixed with their poverty and their affliction. What was the supernatural element? Great joy. Supernatural joy. Joy is a force. Years ago, I was preaching about the woman with the two mites, the widow's mites. Equal two pennies. How she dropped that in to the offering. And Jesus saw what she put in. And he said, she has put in more than everybody else here. All these people that have riches. She has put in more than all of them because she put in all her living in. He let her do that. He let her put that offering in and walk out of the temple. You know why he did? He didn't say, hey, mom, come back here. You can't afford this. He knew she was taking God as her partner. She's going to be okay. She's going to be okay because she took God as her partner. Put it in her last two pennies. I was telling that story. Monday morning, I I got a call. A woman said, Pastor, I've got to come see you. All right. Come see me. She walked in and laid two pennies down on my desk. I said, what's this? She said, what you said yesterday about two pennies, you said just give whatever you give, but give it with joy, and God will make something great happen for you. Mix it with joy. I use this scripture. And she said, I said, I don't have any money. I don't have any money. She said, I was going for a job interview this morning. And I'm on, there, on, my, on my way there now. And she said, I dressed up real nice and I, I dumped my purse out on the bed to change purses. And two pennies, these two pennies were in that purse. And I'd, I had that, church with, that, that purse with me in church yesterday. And I said, I, she said, I saw those two pennies they almost burned a hole in my bed <laughs> before I could grab them up and get them here to you. Because I knew I had to get these to you. Put this in the offering for me. I said, Okay. Okay. I prayed with her over these two pennies. She'd been looking for a job for three months. Couldn't find a job. Guess what? She got that job that day. Got that job that day. You mix joy as supernatural force with anything, and it turns into a supernatural outcome. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. This is your time to rejoice. This is your time to rejoice. Not to get like the world. The world is going to hell. I don't know if you noticed, but it's just going bad. Did y'all notice? Yes. You're, not, you're walking around with your eyes closed and your ears stopped up if you're not noticing. 
the choices we have to vote for president. My gosh. It's kind of sickening, isn't it? I heard a story about a fellow who was about to jump from a bridge. And a police officer came along and saw him. Said, hey, 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 don't, don't do that, don't do that. The cop, you know how they do, he's sneaking up on him, trying to talk to him, to, inching ever closer to him to get a hand on him. The guy said, why should I, why should I not jump? I, my wife left me. The guy said, well, but there's other women. No, 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 you don't understand. I'm no good. And uh, life is not worth living. He's sneaking up on him, getting a little closer, a little closer. He says, I lost my job. My dog died. My mama got run over by a train. <laughs> in the rain. You know the song. <laughs> said, everything's going bad. By the, time the, by the time the cop got there, grabbed him by the hand, they both jumped off. <laughs> if you let the world creep in on you, it'll make you like them. But joy, this is your time to rejoice. Joy can turn that around for you. Yeah. You can become the powerful one, the infectious one, the one that changes your surroundings. Amen. People don't know what to do with joyful people. They don't know what to do with happy people. They don't know what to do with happy folks who are happy when things go wrong, who are happy when things shouldn't be going, going that way. Oliver Wendell Holmes was a great U.S. Supreme Court justice for 30 years. His mind and wit and work earned him the unofficial title of the greatest justice since John Marshall. At one point, he said, I would have gone into, into the ministry. He said, I wanted to preach. But I met so many preachers who acted like undertakers that I decided not to. Because he didn't see the joy that he read about in the Bible. Joy is a supernatural force. I heard about a little girl whose mama gave her a dollar and a quarter at church. She said, now you can keep one and give the other to the Lord. I'll let you decide which one you should give in the offering, the dollar or the quarter. Come to the end of the service. Mom said, which one did you put in the offering plate, little baby? And she said, well, I wanted to put the dollar in. I did, Mom. I wanted to. But just at the last minute, I heard the preacher say, to be, we're supposed to be a cheerful giver. And I knew I'd be a lot more cheerful giving the quarter. <laughs> so, <laughs> Norman Cousins got over a sickness, an arthritis. Got it, had an arthritis he, he was diagnosed with. And he's a great author, you know. And he said he found that 10 minutes of belly laughing would give him two hours of sleep, pain-free sleep. And he eventually got over the arthritic condition by just laughing. Amen. Doctors all over the world wanted to hear his story, so he wrote a book on it. Just the joy of the natural has benefits for your health. I have a friend out in, out in West Texas who is uh, fighting cancer right now. It's a bad thing. I sent him prayers for a little while, then I started sending him jokes. Yeah. 
I send him a word of faith, you know, and scriptures now and then, but mostly I send him jokes. I say, it's time for you to laugh your way out of this, brother. And the doctors say they have no hope. There's still hope. There's still hope. There's always hope. No matter what they say, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, there's always hope. As long as you have that joy in your heart, there's always hope. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Now, Esther, chapter 4. Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. I'm almost finished today. <laughs> Esther chapter 4, verse 14. It's my post 17. For if thou altogether, this is Mordecai's words. Mordecai, her, her, uh, her uncle. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace, he says to Esther at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise for, to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knows, Esther, whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. All he's trying to do is get his little niece to speak up. She's a real beauty. Prettiest girl in the whole country. Won a beauty contest. And became the king's bride. The queen. And she was a Jew. And there had been a decree go out that all the Jews were supposed to be annihilated. That's one of the 19 times the Jewish race has, has, has almost been annihilated annihilated because some king wanted to get rid of them. Hitler was the last time. No, no, no. 1967 was the last time. 19 times they've tried to rid them off the planet. This is one of them. And Mordecai says, it's time for you to speak up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your time to speak. It's your time to worship. It's your time to rejoice. And it's your time to speak up. It's what we learned today from these three passages of Scripture, these three mileposts. It's this is your time to speak. Make your voice heard. Make sure you know what the gospel is. The gospel is this simply. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And He was buried. And He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And whoever believes this from the heart is a new creation, new creation in God. This is what saves. This is the only message that saves. People talk about all kinds of other things being the gospel. That's the real gospel. That's the only one. That is the good news. It's all about Jesus and what He did. Not about you and what you have to do. All you have to do is believe it. There's no work involved in it for you. We, we worked for thousands of years trying to please God. Trying to get to heaven. Didn't we? It didn't work. We tried, we tried, we tried real hard. We circumcised our children. We did sacrifices. We paid money. We did jump through hoops. We did everything we could. But nothing worked to give us freedom. Now, when we do these things, it's because we're free. It's because we've been re redeemed. We bring our offerings not to try to get God's favor, not to try to get God's favor, but to, to say thank you for your favor. Thank you that you're our God. Thank you that you've blessed us the way you have. Amen. Amen. It's time to speak.